0: My name is Cleopatra, your host. I like to think that I'm an experienced business and partnership development professional, mainly because I've had over nine years experience working with B2B and B2C clients, developing growth strategies for small and large companies. I founded two businesses myself, Runner, a tech-enabled task marketplace, and EA Network, a conglomerate of investors seeking early-stage investments in Africa. The BDC Podcast for short is a medium where I and my colleagues who are other experienced business professionals share live lessons. If you're looking for a podcast that can help you leverage BD marketing and sales to grow your business or to help you advance in your role, you are at the right place. Stay tuned and let's grow together. Hi guys, welcome back to Business Development with Cleopatra, uh, for short, the BBC podcast. Today we'll be delving into a very different aspect of business development, which is focused on client servicing. Uh, Our guest today is top sales advisor at one of Ghana's leading property development companies, DevTracker Limited. Um, we've got Mary, Mrs. Pardon me, Mary Collins uh, coming on to talk about how we can leverage client value for profit. What does this mean exactly? So, clients who have purchased from you, have personalized your business, are basically the best advocates for your business. Um, how do you leverage providing value for these clients? that will in turn benefit your business and bring in sales and increase revenue. So we're gonna be talking about how you can prioritize giving value um, and how giving value can scale and increase your sales as well as drive revenue for your business. So we're focusing on the upsell, converting one-time buyers to promoters, referrals, referrals, referrals. Stay tuned as we bring on Mary to join the conversation. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining me, uh, Mary. Um, I know that our our, our meeting has been in the stars for a while. Um, So I'm really glad that we actually got to meet and we're even at this point where we're recording an episode together. Um, I did do a brief intro of you and what you do Um, But I think it would be a lot more valuable if you, you know, go into it and tell us about, you know, your work and um, just a a brief about who you are professionally.
1: Um, Thank you, Katra. It's a pleasure joining you today. Um, As already introduced, my name is Mary Collins. Currently, I work as a senior sales consultant with Plus. My background is finance and investment. I am a, an investment fanatic, to be honest. Yeah, I have experience in sales, financial advisory, volunteering, development from local and international companies. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. I have been on the sale role for as long as I've been living consciously so to say or independently i actually have been selling all my life i mean naturally we're all salespeople. we sell our ideas in fact we sell our abilities and everything so i would say i've been in sales for as long as possible yeah so that's a brief mm-hmm. on me yeah
0: okay that sounds great thank you so much um i think more pointedly um i wanted you to maybe walk us through what being a senior sales advisor at one of ghana's leading property development firms is like um you know what does your day-to-day entails uh uh, and and you know what about that role do you enjoy so much because i mean i've spoken to you you know, offline before. And I really like the way that you go about talking about your role and what you how you interact with your clients. So if you could go into that for for us a little bit, I'd I'd really appreciate it.
1: Okay, as um, a sales consultant with DevTrackle Plus, I'm responsible for sales, obviously, client services, a little business development, and um, other sales channel management. Okay, and this includes agents, Okay, so it's, it's actually challenging, um, considering the fact that you have to show up prepared always. I mean, from your sleep, you, you should be able to deliver once you're called upon. What I do is majorly sales, so it's everything from lead generation, qualification, consultation, property viewing, mortgage advisory, documentation, and after sales services. Okay, so um, it's a whole lot, but then it's one that develops um, an individual or anyone who is ready. As we all know, challenges comes with growth. I mean, you 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 discover a new you every day as you you embark on life and these challenges. It's been it's been really great, especially connecting with a lot of great minds. Um yeah, I mean it's it's been really good. There's a saying that your net worth is your network. Yeah. Okay, so we're headed there, yeah, but the connection privilege is is great, the exposure is fantastic. Yeah, it's doing well.
0: Okay. About it. okay, I mean, I know that you've touched on this a little bit, but uh, I, I wanted also to emphasize on the fact that, you know, you've done mainly client-facing roles, not just sales. So was that something that you proactively chose to, uh, you know, do in your career, just taking roles that basically put you uh, face-to-face with clients and having you deal with them Um, on a regular basis was this a choice on your part or you
1: just happened upon this career path I'll choose the latter I guess I just happened upon it I mean all businesses and companies work with clients either face to face or behind the scenes well for me I guess I guess the role chose me because being an introvert I would have thought, you know I'm supposed to be sort of like a behind the scenes person but here we are I guess the success success story mainly will be because I'm a naturally an honest person and I'm an empathic person as well. So everybody, oh. of course you do know, appreciates honesty. Yeah. yeah so, okay, so that's okay. it. I guess the rule chose me. I found myself here and it's interesting, you know, I'm not changing, but this is me being me. This is me having to converse with people. This is me having fun. Yeah. And just being myself, being honest, being that empathic person. And and it's paying off to be honest. I see that. I see
0: that. You know, it's funny because a lot of salespeople that I've spoken to, and even myself, um, I mean I'm an ambivert, so it's a little bit different because I have my seasons where I'm an introvert and there are seasons where I'm, I'm extremely outgoing so i mean i find that a lot of sales people register as introverts do you think that has something to do with being yeah, successful yeah. in sales uh, this is just off this is off the uh, off the uh, schedule but i it's interesting to you know hear your perspective on that
1: it amazes me i mean it amazes me introverts are amazing people it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you can't have a simple conversation or you can't do a simple task. Okay, so it's 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 nothing really bad to be honest. If you ask me, great entrepreneurs are introverts. A whole uh-huh. lot of them. I see. Okay,
0: so maybe that maybe we're on onto something with that then. Uh, just uh, moving forward, uh, we're talking about you know customer value um, and leveraging customer value for profit. You know, we talk, even before this topic came about, we talked about, um, you know, prioritizing value over, you know, prioritizing profit and how that then, you know, brings about even more profit for, you know, a salesperson. So what do you see, you know, customer value means from your perspective? Because you know, although we all sell, although we're all salespeople, we work in different industries. So, you know, value for a client in the financial services industry could certainly be different from, you know, value for a client in the real estate uh, industry. So can you, you know, tell me from your perspective what you see customer value to be and how salespeople can focus on that and how that basically becomes a ripple effect of profit, from from your perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so at sense. 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 it's sort of like the benefit of a product or a service. Whereas you know, profit is a financial gain, an advantage from selling either your service or a product, so to say. Well, why um value I would say is takeaway for the receiver of the product or service, which is in this case as the buyer, profit is your takeaway as, as a salesperson. Okay, so my own definition or explanation of value-based selling. I would say it is an approach that focuses on benefiting the buyer throughout the sales process. So it, it has to be all about the buyer. And that's why I keep saying that every salesperson needs to be slightly empathic. You need to be able to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. Okay, so, and this requires you being an educator. You need to tutor the lead or tutor the prospect in such a way that they are naturally convinced rather than being compelled. Okay, so you can naturally convince someone, okay, that compel the person or even pressure the person to buy your product or services. Okay, because in this in this way you're you're then sort of investing into the future. Okay, this is you making ways for a residual income. Okay, so value-based selling for me, I feel like it's It's one that every sale person in this present day and time should embrace. Mm -hmm. We all need to be able to have the patience to educate the leads. We all need to be able to, you know, have a proper conversation, to be personable in such a way that you present the value of your product and service. And this buyer or potential client naturally gets convinced. And this is you just doing your homework, background check on the client, Finding reasons why anyone should buy your product or services. When I joined my company, um, my previous manager told me something that made a whole lot of sense to me. He said, I will challenge you to go to all the properties, sit in the property site, watch through the scale model, walk around the, the showroom and find reasons why anyone should buy your property and that intrigued something into me that was value there that was me having to hunt value or research the value of my properties and product Mm -hmm. okay so it was a whole lot to me I thought about I pondered about it for a while for days for weeks before I even got started I was wondering how am I gonna start you know and then I kept visiting the sites I kept visiting all the sites without being told anything I'll just sit there sometimes I could sit for hours you know but that has kind of paid off i would say okay and during this process you need to be able to listen more when you're conversing with a client listen more talk less just sort of engage the lead you need to give it time okay you need to give it time because this is not you making an immediate sale but this is you putting effort into the future not just the relationship is important but also what comes off the sale which then becomes referrals and a whole lot of things you take a consultative sort of approach okay you understand the, the the client and then present the value in such a way that you make your product or service a need rather than a want okay mm-hmm. so it should yeah exactly you have to be able to educate it's very important i mean initially i used to fancy Um, teachers lecturers and all of that a whole lot but i feel like at this point in in time and life it's a skill that everyone needs to to sort of adapt you know you need to have patience to teach people into it you're going to be going through life and there are so many things that you meet in the life in this life journey that you'd have to sort of use your teaching skills that would require you having the patience to teach through. I mean, you you can't keep pushing people into into something that would generate just an immediate return, okay? So if you're looking at a long-term return, you need to be able to sort of provide Um, value explanation as to whatever your whatever service you're rendering or whatever product you're selling Mm -hmm. so basically it's you guiding the the prospect through the buying or acquisition process and at the end of the day I bet you will not just have a satisfied client you would have built trust and confidence you would be retaining a long-term relationship and then residual income I've said that before I mean this is not immediate profits but then it's a residual profit from referrals
0: that's amazing and so uh, that's it
1: basically
0: yeah thank you so much mary for you know giving your take on that and actually i couldn't have studied better because you said value-based selling uh, which is you know obviously something that should be in every salesperson's vocabulary um and just i think one of the, the we've highlighted some ripple effects of you know using this approach to to selling and putting your clients uh, the value that they receive from the service from the interaction first before even thinking about what profits are there in the middle so um one of those that we identify was upselling right i mean upselling is a major part of sales and business development conversations you know it goes beyond what you're selling to them right now it talks about you know, what they'll buy from you in the future and just basically creating that relationship where you can count on those people to patronize you again um, you know that idea that clients who buy from you once will buy again and even more if they are treated and managed right so have you been successful at upselling to your clients is this something that you do
1: yes intentionally unintentionally upselling for me i see it as a very important sales technique that every salesperson should adopt okay it has it has and you know interestingly it has a direct relationship with value-based selling you just make it easier okay is is such a way that once you have been able to successfully communicated value and close the sale off you know that communication you unconsciously tend to upsell or you're unconsciously upselling okay because then you have a client who would scale up on their initial budget okay so yes i have been i have had clients who have scaled up that way i've had referrals also and even clients who serves as um, verification cover or verification who serves as a verification coverage so this is um clients who have had first time buyers or interested individuals go back to them and want their take on the product, the service or the salesperson, because then they're going to be working with you for a very long time. It has paid off that way. So yes, I have been successful at upselling.
0: Right. I mean, you say verification coverage, but I I say promoters. I mean, that's something that we're going to get to um, down the line. So I'll be very, very interested to hear your, your take on that. But what strategies do you use to maintain that solid client relationship that will make them even want to recommend you to other people after, uh, you know, verifiers for your business?
1: Okay, so everything after sales service. Okay, so that's one thing that buyers and um, intended buyers does appreciate. So they don't want it to be about the sale. Okay, so there's there's a bad attitude with a couple of salespeople that, you know, you tend to see the real side of them or the bad side of them when the sale is done. Mm -hmm. That's that's not something I do. That's not something I fancy as well. That's not something I'd like to preach. I want you to also maintain an after-sale service or client services, so to say. Okay, so this is regular messages to check up. It doesn't mean you book, you bug this client, but then after everyone said, well, oh, hi, you know, they feel like they, they're part of you. They feel like you're still connected even after the sale. And this is you doing your personal client services or client servicing rather than the department that's supposed to be in charge of this. Okay, so this is you regularly texting your client, that if you fi- sorry if you find yourself in a setting where you have a department that is responsible for handling clients, you also need to make sure that you're doing your own work in a personalized manner. Yeah. Okay, so this is you on your own checking up on the client after every once in a while. You know, if you are able to send gifts on their special days and uh, you know special days of their relatives makes a whole lot of sense and good way messages as well don't forget to check up on them during christmas new year and all those special days that's it basically so after sales services is very important if they need any information from you be proactive about it make sure that you you have the same attitude as you had before the sale or when you were all about the sale
0: Absolutely. I mean, that definitely does go a long way. Having that interaction without any ulterior motive is definitely a good way to, you know, build a solid client relationship. Um, so how do you introduce a potential resale or upsell to your existing life? Um, You know, are there tips that you use, mm-hmm. tips and tricks that you'd like to share? Because I know that a lot of people find it difficult that after they've sold to someone to go back to them and say you know what I've got this new product or I've got this new offer how do you how do you go about doing that
1: so majorly majorly but value-based selling yeah because I feel like that's unconsciously freaks the buyer to to sort of scale up That's one way, but other tricks, I actually do um, quarterly updates on new or current stock. I do that. This is not a monthly update, it's just quarterly, just so they know what you have in stock and then also update on their yield and returns. It does the magic, trust me, because once they see that whatever product they buy or whatever service you you have rendered is yielding something reasonable for them, if the return is good, it's high, it's reasonable, you know, they automatically want to buy and that's you reselling. Okay, so that, that works. I also make sure that every once in a while, I engage in discussions, you know, you discuss market, product trends and all of that, that way you're able to get more information regarding their current portfolio yeah. And then you, you you may just want to present what you do have or what you think about it. If you see a need for them to sort of diversify, mix up, you know, add on, that works as well. But then it's good for you to let them have the current stock, any new new stock as well. You just present it and you never know, they may be interested.
0: Absolutely. Wow, that, that's, that's really good. And it's something that we don't really think about. Um, just updating exactly. your, your clients about new products, new services, etc. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, don't be afraid to let people know what you have because if they don't know, they're not going to want it. So, very, very, very important tip there, Mary. So, I mean, going back to our days at the VA, I mean, we worked at separate times. But I mean, it's still it's still pretty much the same structure. So you can attest that referrals are the easiest kinds of prospects to convert. You know, at forty percent conversion rate compared to you know ten percent conversion rates for cold leads. So does your business currently benefit from referrals? Yes.
1: Yes, we do benefit from referrals. Yes, we do benefit from referrals, of course. Okay.
0: Um, how do you go about I mean I know that for for your approach to selling with you know value based selling, um you expect that clients will refer you to people that they know. But then there's also that, you know, that group of clients that wouldn't necessarily do that until you ask them. So how would you go about asking for referrals?
1: your clients? um, There are a couple of um, referral incentives. Okay, with my clients, what I do is I sort of present a discount on every referral and even more discount for a number of referrals. Okay, Okay, so that incentive works. And there's something I started doing um, recently, it's been working as well. So I have a whole form put together, sort of like a uh, a feedback form uh, when I do have a chance to, to meet with you. I would like you to sort of give a feedback on the meeting or, you know, how you feel the entire discussion went. And just underneath it, there is um, a provision where, of course, if you do have um, contacts who are interested or those you know would um, sort of love what we do or the services that we provide yeah you could just sort of give the information provide those information the name right. the contact if you are able to go away to emails it makes a whole lot of sense so it comes in with a feedback it's in such a way that not pressuring you but once you're giving your feedback you may just want to sort of give your friend or your contact an opportunity to definitely. also benefit yeah
0: definitely that is such a smart way yeah, so that's um, because, you know, yeah, you, you've you worked with advisors and you know what the struggle is when they go to meetings and come back and you're like, oh, where are the referrals? It, it's quite difficult to find the right time, the right place to ask. So, you know, feedback forms are definitely a good way to sort of chip it in there to say, well, okay, you've said that you like my service. How about you then tell me someone else who might benefit from it? So I think that, that's brilliant. Um, this is probably a stupid question, but I have to ask it because there's there's different school of thoughts on it, where some people are like, you know what, I love cold calling, I love cold leads, you know, I'm good at it, so I'm I'm fine with that. And then there are people who are like, I cannot do without referred leads. So what's your take on it? Do you prefer cold leads um, to referrals? and i mean judging also by your conversion rate what would you what would you
1: lean towards more
0: okay so
1: adventurous person i love cold calling i love cold leads i like to meet people over the phone physically i really do enjoy it i mean there are a couple of people who would say oh i enjoyed the conversation you have such a great voice we went on and on and on and these are cold um, course here. Yeah, this is feedback from cold calls. I so actually do enjoy, it. and um, yeah, the conversion rate for me as a stance now would be referrals. You know, but cold calling are great for me. I have great network out of it. It works. It works for me. I enjoy it. I'm an adventurous person. I haven't had anyone harshly turned me back in in such a bad way that I wouldn't want to go back to it. Yeah, there are people who would nicely push you back. The Nicely, yeah. just so maybe <laughs> because you were a lady or something of like that sort yeah, but then, I mean, I've enjoyed it and I have great contacts from it. I really do love cold calling.
0: Okay, well, I guess we found uh, someone for, for the other team. I mean, I did cold calling for three and a half years. Actually, more than that, for about five years, we had my my experience in Mauritius, um, and I tell you, I would take inbound leads any day. I'd prefer referrals um, because your client is basically doing most of the work for you. But I do understand wanting to expand your network and build connections from cold outreaches as well. um So I want to talk about a very something that's very directly related to value-based selling and that's converting your clients to promoters you did mention it briefly you know in one of your explanations um, but i think it's really really important because this is the i think this is the out, ideal outcome when you're focused on providing value to your clients as opposed to focus on the profit that you get so i mean you and i both know fred and basically fred set in motion uh our meeting because he had said to me i i I spoke to a lady who knew you from the beer you know she had nice things to say about you and one thing that i would say about fred is he's got an intense dedication to see me succeed so he's one of the few clients that i've been able to convert into promoters whatever industry i'm in whatever i'm selling at that point in time you know, Fred will definitely recommend me or refer me to people. Um, And you don't find these kinds of people very often. Do you have people in your network like Fred that would basically go to war for you and refer you and basically sell your products for you? Um, Do you have people like that in your network currently?
1: Yes, interestingly, Fred is a rip-off a client promoting um, a service or action, would I say. So, um, Fred, I got to meet through a client that I had sort of made the closing day special one, which is something I'm trying to um, flatten out across all of my my new clients. I want to make sure that we have a special closing day because I feel like you are acquiring something of something as precious as that something of great value i want to make you feel that the new step is worth it okay yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm working on flattening that out across all future clients yeah so that was a client whom um we had uh, a dana and all of that she's like oh so this has been great, Ooh, great. sorry this has been fantastic. The experience has been worth it. I would like you to meet my friend and she actually did refer about three people. Oh And wow. Fred, um, Fred was one of those. Yeah. And they ended up in a sale and uh, I'm hoping that Fred has, um, such nice things to say about me as well. And yes. eventually would be a promoter. Yes. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, it does. It does work. It does work. The value you give your client or, the experience you give your clients today is what they pass on to refer others you know if you experience a great thing you want to have other people close to you or other people around you also have that experience you know so so that's it basically I feel like yeah. we need to make use of the moment make use of the now invest in the future you know invest it today and rip off in the future absolutely okay, so you have to make sure that you make your clients promoters so to say you okay. give them a tweet that they, they naturally become promoters you don't even need to tell them okay, okay. if they, they come across one who is interested in your product or your service they would naturally just sort of refer them right okay
0: I mean that is definitely a good tip making an event of acquiring a client I mean I, I would feel very special if I had someone go out of their way to and um, you know do that for me so that is definitely a good good tip and fred does have good things to say about you um he, he wouldn't you know stop talking about you um so are there any nuggets from your experience that you would like to share on how business developers sales or just people in client-facing roles can leverage you know providing additional benefits so we've talked about value-based selling so this is more about what things can you do beyond even the product or the service that you're selling um, to help convert clients or to help them become promoters of your business I mean are there any you know nuggets from your repertoire of tools that you can share with us, to help us at least turn clients into promoters. Okay, so um, I'd like to come on after sales service again.
1: Okay? Don't make the relationship all about sales. Don't make it all about sales. Make sure that you are there even after the sale has been completed respond to your emails check up on them have sort of like a fiduciary kind of relationship with every lead and not just clients that you find because even leads are promoters you can find leads who are promoters you don't need to have them as clients before you treat them nicely exactly so sort of maintain like a fiduciary an informal fiduciary relationship okay so this is you putting the client before yourself, before your your profit, before your your gain, so to say. Make sure that you're you're empathic in every step. Make sure that it's all about the clients. You know, there are times when I tell you, the Lego representative of my company would, would ask me, Mary, are you for the clients or you're for the company? And I would boldly say I'm for the clients because I value the relationship. You can fire me any day, any time. The relationship is all I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so make sure you go through their documents and ensure that you're protecting them every step you know and all of that so that's it basically that's that, it. That, that is funny that you say that because my
0: slogan so now my slogan is building high impact relationships the conscious way but before that that it used to be client first agency second because I tend to move from agent one agency to another with my with my clients. So they're always the first ones. I always consider them first. So I mean it's it's really refreshing to see that someone else, you know, sees things that way and approaches it that way. Um, I mean, we're definitely reaching the, the end of this session. It's been a very valuable session, I have to say. Um, and I hope that you know, our listeners and our viewers will, will find it very, very uh, impactful as well. So we've talked about the three main ways that you know, clients, I, I say clients' reverence um, you know, can benefit a company. Is there anything else that you would like to share on the matter um, as a closing statement?
1: And I, guess, I guess we've said a lot, I guess you've said it all, and then I would just want to say thank you for the opportunity to share my thoughts on this, and I hope everyone out there have benefited in one way or the other.
0: Sure, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, you're doing wonderful work with, you know, Death Tracker. I've seen your events, uh, I've seen your videos, I've seen your pictures of how you engage clients, which is why... I you know, reached out to you to do this session today, um, you know, the BDC podcast is all about you know, putting the right message out there on how business developers can engage with their audience and how to do business development the right way. Um, the way that we were in thought and we had to find out along along the way you know, in our careers. So I want to basically change that, have people going into the industry with it with a new perspective, with a fresh perspective and with a less self-centered perspective, which is what you find a lot of the industry. So I do appreciate you coming on. Um, I mean, I'll let you, do you have any questions, any um, other submissions um, in general for
1: the BBC podcast? Yes, interestingly, I have been following it. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm always there. I I get like um, every little um, free period, I go in there to see what I can get. And it's been really, really educating. It's been informing, it's been inspiring. You're doing a great job. I want to say keep it up. And yeah, I'm I'm always there. So please make sure that you, you, you fill it up with as much content as possible.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, and uh, we we'll hope to see you again soon. Sure. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast episode, Leveraging Client Value for Profit." with the delectable Mary Collins, Senior Sales Advisor at Trackle Limited. Next week, we'll be taking it into what startups need to do to become more successful. So we'll be looking at partnerships under the business development umbrella. Our topic will be the role of partnerships in startup success. So if you're a startup founder, if you're thinking about getting something off the ground, this episode is definitely for you. Um, Stay tuned on the channel. Stay tuned on our LinkedIn uh, page. And we'll be announcing who our next guest will be shortly. Enjoy and see you next time.